Bloody Good Film Podcast! Welcome to a podcast about the only two genres of film that matter. Action horror. As always, I'm your host, Jesse. With me, the detective up to my officer down, Josh. This is the Bloody Good Film Podcast. And today we are talking about a film you probably missed, because it looks like most of America missed it, Officer Down. But before we get into Officer Down, Josh, anything catch your eye this week? Actually, the biggest thing, and I've been waiting for this for a little while since I heard about it a couple months ago, they got the trailer for Nobody finally came out with uh, Saul Goodman, Bob Odenkirk in it. When I first heard about him being an action star and something directed by, I think there's somebody that had to do with John Wick involved in this, and this has a John Wick feel to it, but instead of Keanu Reeves, you got Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman playing a, what looks like a badass and it's not something i ever expected to see from him he has comedy chops and uh, showed some drama with saul goodman character on breaking bad and then on better call saul and now we're seeing that he can actually legitimately look like he knows how to kick some ass so that was a good surprise like i heard about it didn't think it was gonna work but i was curious enough to follow up on it and it looks badass did you take a look at that trailer already yeah the trailer looks really good there's like legitimate looking choreography there and it's somebody involved in John Wick. So they're making sure that they're not hiding it behind quick cuts. You're seeing the connections with the hits. I was worried it might go the born route where everything's off camera and it's just made to look like kinetic, frenetic shit is going on. But this is a legitimately good looking action movie. Anything catch your eye? Something caught my eye, something that came out a long time ago that apparently I was just oblivious to. I like a good martial arts film, and something that caught my eye that I watched this weekend that I completely missed that I want everyone to see is Shadow. Came out in 2018, directed by Zhang Yimou. This podcast has turned into me mispronouncing producer and director's name left and right. It'll start to sound racist if you keep saying like the names wrong. Yeah, I I just have a problem apparently placing enunciations where names are supposed to go. But this movie, Shadow, it's one of those Chinese war epics. And it's really, really good. The thing that really stood out to me about this wasn't so much the action portion of it. Because I'm not a big fan of wire action, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero, some of that stuff that has a lot of wire work. Usually doesn't catch my eye. Uh, Like House of Flying Daggers is kind of the same thing. But Shadow is absolutely stunning visually. The cinematography and the art design is absolutely beautiful. Everything, like the whole hue of the film is very kind of noir, black and gray. Very little color throughout the whole thing aside from the blood. But it's a beautiful thing to watch all the way through. And I think more people should see it. 
It's on Netflix. So if you have your Netflix subscription, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it already. I'll definitely look into that. I haven't heard of that one. The last one that was like a big war epic, or I guess it was a war epic. I kind of fell asleep through it, so I'm not entirely sure. But you had recommended me, I think it was 12 Assassins, and then I had to sit through, I think, three hours, and I kind of lost what the hell was going on with that. But I'm hoping this one's a little more concise. And that's the thing with some of these, you know, epic war films that kind of take you through this whole journey of, you know, 40 years war. They end up being two and a half, three hours, and a good two hours of those ends up being just plot advancement. So it's tough. Like 13 Assassins is a great example where it does take a while to get going before you final epic 45 minute battle at the end, which makes it all worth it. I didn't stay awake for the giant epic battle is is my problem I'll, I'll have to revisit it i'm sure it's a good movie it was a good looking movie but i just fell asleep and i couldn't remember where exactly i fell asleep so i didn't want to retread that ground but we were working together last time i tried to watch that so i think it's been enough time where i can give it another shot i love it so much i was able to get through the two hours of slog to kind of get to that last hour of the film that kind of makes up for everything i'm not against long movies like i have bodyguards and assassins and that one's like 220 i think and uh i never get bored in that one though uh, that that one had stuff going on the entire time so i never felt like i'm sitting through people trying to be stoic right, and one more recommendation at least i have one more recommendation for me because we're talking about a comic book movie today i wanted to recommend a comic book series that i'm almost complete on if it doesn't stick the ending that's on me for giving the recommendation but i'm eight books into why the last man they're actually, Amazon or Netflix, one of them is going to be making an adaptation of this series where every single male on Earth drops dead except for one guy. It kind of sounds like it'd be like an orgy-filled movie, but some of the women go Amazon and like start cutting off their tits and like saying that uh, men are evil and it's a good thing that they're gone. And uh, some women are trying to get new babies brought into the world and other women are going after them for like heresy stuff. And uh, the one guy, he actually has to wear a gas mask and pretend to be a woman out in the, in the world. There's a couple other people that are uh, trying to utilize him to make a vaccine so they can, or not a vaccine, a, a cure for this so they can actually get men in the world again and repopulate the earth. And it's just a lot of things going on. First book was kind of a little too jokey for me. I didn't get all the hype about it, but uh, as soon as uh, I got around the second book, it like started to bring the tone down a little bit, a little less jokey, a little bit more serious when it's needed so that you could take the situation a little bit more to heart. And that's where the character development really started to kick in. It's kind of dark, not completely without humor. And it's just a really good series. There's like 10 graphic novels. I'm on eight. And so far, it's it's really like gotten my attention to where I'm buying a new one every week. So speaking of graphic novel. Here we are, Josh. I had never even heard of this. And somehow we ended up watching a film directed by a guy from Slipknot. Which most people would think I like as a metalhead, but I'm not a Slipknot fan. That's not the reason why I picked this. Somehow somebody from Crank was connected to this, and I love the Crank movies. It looked like it was going to have that same kinetic energy. But let's go into the plot summary for this. Officer Down is based off the graphic novel. If you can call it a graphic novel, it's like 50 pages. Graphic novel by Joe Casey, Officer Down tells the story of Officer Terry Down, a cop that is continually killed and resurrected in the line of duty, and Officer Gable, a minor character in the comics who is expanded on poorly to pad the story to a feature-length running time. Together, Officer Down will minorly inconvenience a Fortune 500 
but kill every other villain that stands in his path while Officer Gable does stuff in the background. I'd say that's a pretty fair summary of what we got. Yeah, and you know, this is one of those films that if you go in blind, that's the best way to watch it. I had no idea what to expect other than just watching the trailer. And the movie kicks off right away with a big WTF moment where the movie starts, credits are rolling, and I'm immediately trying to figure out what the hell am I watching? After his opening monologue, I'm not sure what that was there for. I think that, again, was just padding. But the opening with him uh, fucking the chick is in the comics. That's how the comic opens up, is, is him having sex in pretty graphic uh, illustrations, which is where I'll say that the comic book really shines is in the illustrations, because uh, the writing is not all that great. I, I did enjoy one new feature that was not in the comic, which was the orgasm counter for when he's eating out the girl. We get an orgasm counter not once, but twice. We have two different scenes that only are there to count the number of orgasms that Officer Down can provide. <laughs> Again, that was padding. It's like, we need two minutes, let's bring back the orgasm counter. Exactly. I think the first time round was like 14 orgasms that he gives the girl, and then the next one is 37. Officer Gable, who's mirroring him in the movie, who, I don't even think he had a name in the comics. You kind of know who he is because he's there. He has to be the most useless police officer on the force like he really doesn't do anything at any point well like the people that were backing him up were a little more useless than him he at least got cuffs on somebody he did his dramatic speech towards the end that did something that stuff isn't in the comics they didn't bother with anything that would involve character development and it kind of made it more interesting that way like uh in in the movie officer down has a couple like tender looking moments he's not like full-on sobbing or anything but you can tell stuff is sticking to him all in the comics it's full-on badass the entire time officer gable is obviously the audience surrogate you don't get an audience surrogate slowing him down and going on about uh the ethics of a situation because on the back of the book the author even talks about how this was a, a comic that was made without any message to say it was just meant to be violent and fun and the sooner you realize that the better the film's going to be for you because if you go in thinking you're going to get some deep plot driven film you're going to be thoroughly disappointed but if you go in looking for a good time this movie's filled with good times there are great scenes like i'm definitely talking down on it because i feel like this should have been like a 30 minute short instead of a full-length movie but there are 30 minutes that do make this worth watching for sure. The violence, like I kept on going, that's just him shooting people and then them falling down. But every once in a while, he'd do something that was pretty gnarly. Like uh, in the Mother Supreme fight, he ends up shooting one nun that comes at him. I think it was her from uh, Arrested Development. I'm pretty sure that was her side nun. He ends up shooting her into the ceiling and then she goes into like an oblivion thunderstorm thing that just happens to be there heads getting completely obliterated there's some cool shit going on there the movie tries to introduce a bunch of these different characters but none of them are really in the film long enough or have enough actual lines to make you care about anyone but i will say officer down himself was surprisingly well acted like kim coates i think did a really good job considering the awful script he had he, he did a good job with what he had. He made those lines work, and he had the badass mustache. Like, he was perfectly cast. I would like to see him in, in more things for sure. But uh, there were some things that, even in the comic, they seemed superfluous. Like, the Fortune 500, all of them have animal heads. That's so cool. I didn't expect to see that in, in the movie, but I liked that they actually did it. 
but you don't really find out what happens to the Fortune 500. Like, their last scene in the comic and in the movie is them getting threatened by Zen Master Flash. And then, of course, Zen Master Flash ends up getting killed by Officer Down, so they're okay. Like, you have those thugs at the end talking about how Fortune 500 got taken care of, but, like, they didn't. They were fine. They didn't even have to pay Zen Master Flash, so they didn't lose anything in this whole ordeal. They did a fifth element, and you never had the big villains meet the hero, except for fifth element. As cheesy and great as that movie is, did that whole thing way better than Officer Down did. That line was no Gary Oldman. And there's a lot of things that you could have cut out of this film if you needed to make more time to kind of tie up the whole Fortune 500 thing. The movie got to that last scene where he rips the car door off and delivers a great line and then we roll the credits. And then I was wondering, like, what about Fortune 500? They just completely say, "Mm, they're around, but you don't know where. They're dealing with some stuff. But then you watch the movie. I just sat here for an hour and a half. They're not dealing with anything anymore. What are you doing? Like, the writers took the last couple of days off and were like, well... Here's where we're at. We'll see if we can get a sequel. And and I don't know if you stuck around after the credits, but they're definitely hoping for a sequel. They have uh, a camera walking down the empty hallway, and it's supposed to be from somebody's point of view, I'm assuming. And you hear voices talking about how Officer Down wasn't the first one, and you can hear Fortune 500s talking about something in the background. Like They're leading you to try and investigate that there might be a sequel after this movie. So I actually really like the Fortune 500. That was my second kind of big WTF moment was when we actually meet the Fortune 500, where we get this big gimp costume out of nowhere. And then the door opens and we have a turkey guy, a gorilla man, and a white tiger lady. And I was like, what the hell? I think that's a vulture, by the way, not a turkey. That makes more sense. I couldn't figure out how the turkey played in. But turkey and vulture are very similar. They're, they're close enough. I mean, you know those vicious turkeys. In the comics, there's also like an elephant man too. So that's the only one they left out. Probably the best villain, and it was the one that they hired. I did like Zen Master Flash. I kind of liked him breaking the fourth wall. That worked. He's a little bit more flamboyant and a little less uh, Godzilla Tokyo overdub in the comics. But I guess you couldn't do that joke in the comics. But it, it, it worked. Yeah, he was my favorite character other than Officer Down. I thought he did a great job. He was over the top, the switching from different languages. And then when he goes to English, keeping the kind of dubbed voiceover, well, it was a good little touch for what he was trying to do. And then just as like army of bomber jacket clad ninjas was a fun villain. It was way more enjoyable than when they went into Mother Supreme with her discounted sexy nun costume and went through the convent like when he fought the ninjas of zen master flex was actually a fun scene because those were actually fun characters oh yeah and and the way he was murdered was great like they they kept that comic accurate like the ripping off his the front of his face and having his eyeballs fly out that was a solid kill in that scene i actually wrote it in my notes rips glasses off wiggly eyes because he rips the glasses the eyeballs come out And it's like 15 seconds of him just wiggling his eye uh, left and right, and it was awesome. It was one of the few scenes that matched the gore from the comics. They they needed to handle that, because I think this movie was made with a bigger budget in mind that they couldn't actually realize all the gore that was in the source material. And, you know, talking about the budget, they did pretty well with what they had. You know what they didn't do well with was getting any of that money back. They made $850 in the box office. It had a huge opening weekend of $470, and that's where it ended. I've been talking a little bit of trash on this movie, but it wasn't 
that kind of bad. It's definitely like an, an, another cable watch movie. Like if this was on, I'd watch it and, and maybe even grow an affection for it after a while. It definitely wasn't $800 bad. I've seen much more expensive movies do worse than this. What I did think was a little muddled was it seemed like they were introducing plot points and maybe the movie might have been trying to get a message across. I think this is very much in the opposition of uh, the current defund the police thing. They introduce it and quickly wipe it away like it was nothing, but they're talking about how uh, funds aren't enough to take care of them and like they don't have the kind of money they need to be doing this thing. And then they, they say it like a throwaway line. It sounded like he was trying to get political for a second, the director, because none of this is in the comic book. And then he quickly decided, that's enough. That That's my RoboCop satire moment where we're starting to go into the finances of the whole thing. And then there was the whole... Uh, showing up drunk to a call like he makes a big deal like his career's over even uh his superior starts talking it to uh, officer gable about showing up drunk to a call and then quickly it's wiped away like nothing happened yeah no problems at all all the police were just hanging out and getting drunk at the beer apparently all of the city cops are at that one bar at one given time because a guy barges in the front door and goes we need all officers who can stand to head down to the hospital because there's a bloodbath. And then you got a bunch of drunk cops kind of stumbling out of the bar, getting into their cars, and then heading over to the crime scene to try to stop the crime. What I did like is that's them going to the call about uh, Officer Down being taken down, and he's kidnapping, taken to the prison where we have our finale. Gable sees his hand, and then he's just taking his hand everywhere. He's just, like, hanging out in the locker room. He's only wearing a towel, and he's just looking at the hand. And he's walking around with it. You don't just walk around with a decapitated hand. Or uh, do you call a hand decapitated? Or do you just call it chopped off? I just call it chopped off. I save decapitated just for the rolling head. That makes sense because you wear caps on your head. Yeah, but I, I thought that was weird too. Because first of all, it's an important thing to get his hand. Because when they bring him back to life, they always try to get the whole body together. So they can go ahead and do their voodoo to make sure everything works out. And so I understand him getting the hand, but he didn't like take it to the evidence locker. He didn't turn it into the scientists that needed it. He just kind of kept it in a little towel and was like, all right, I'm going to bring this around with me so everyone knows that I'm sad that Officer Down is finally down. Even though he never really had a moment with Officer Down, like his one interaction with him, he almost shot him when he first saw him uh, when he was arresting Mother Supreme while he was in duty. And then his other time was with the telekinetics, which we haven't even gone over the telekinetics. And Officer Down did not seem to want him around with those guys at all. So there, there was no love between Gable and Down. There, there's really no love for Gable at all. It's like his peers don't like him. His boss seems like she likes him. Like the commissioner seems like she actually does like him. But then is quick to go, this guy's an idiot. So you don't really know if she likes him at all either. Gable is, has a tough go. I can understand why he's always so sad throughout the whole film. That's another plot point that they introduced that they didn't really hang on to because uh, he goes to the cop bar. Everybody hates him. They look like they're going to make a big scene. The bartender tells them to be friends, and basically that's all it took for them to start being friendly with Officer Gable. That's actually where my favorite line in the whole film is, is while they're at that bar, and he's slowly becoming buddies with the guys on his squad. And they're talking about Officer Down and trying to describe what he is and how he keeps coming back to life. And one of the officers calls him Boris Karloff with a badge. And the joke completely goes over one of the other officers' heads. But the joke itself is 
quality. It's a perfect description. I loved it. That was great because they're introducing it, my shame into this movie that I couldn't remember Boris Karloff in the first episode. They, they, it was another point of them retelling a joke because Gable was referred to as Martin Riggs and that same officer didn't know who the hell Martin Riggs was. So again, they're recycling jokes for time. But whatever, it, that, the Boris Karloff one worked a little better, I think. There, there's no cop that doesn't know who the hell Mark Riggs is. You would hope not, at least. I mean, that's that's the reason why most people become police officers, I assume, is because they saw movies like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, and that's what they wanted to do. And then they became corrupt in the whole police officer thing, and the whole thing went to hell. <laughs> so, the movie starts off pretty hot. Obviously, we talked about the orgasm counter, so we don't really need to keep counting on that one. But it starts with a huge explosion, and this is where I got a little worried. Because it starts off with the officer down, breaking into this drug bust, and shooting people. And then I see Corey Taylor, who is the lead singer of Slipknot. And I was like, oh my god, Corey Taylor is going to be in this movie for a long period of time. Wait, was he head case? He was head case Harry. And I got worried that he was going to be the main character. I, I got ashamed of myself because I, I wrote down like, this guy is a little over the top, but it works for the tone of the movie. And I hate Slipknot. I don't want to have anything good to say about Slipknot. But I don't think Corey Taylor did that bad. I don't know him on site, apparently, without his mask. But uh, I don't think he did a bad job with this 20 seconds of film that he had. He only had two minutes of screen time. But there was a, a second where I was like, he's going to be the main bad guy of this movie. And it's just going to be a big Slipknot suck fest. I already knew because that character's in the comic. For the first 20 minutes, it's pretty comic accurate. It's, it's the padding in the middle that kind of goes off the reins. But uh, I didn't think he did that bad. He was like a Batman 1960s villain with more of a violent side to him. And he had the weird getup. He kind of dressed like a off-brand Riddler. So I could see where you're going with that. He wasn't terrible. I wouldn't expect him to give an emotional performance, but I could see him doing wacky villain just fine. You could probably condense this movie and do a half an hour, 45 minutes tops. And I think if you do, you kind of have a Kung Fury thing where... Exactly you know, 45 minute uh, short that you can sit down and it's boom, 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 boom. And it's super enjoyable. Whereas here we have an hour and a half, which is essentially 45 minutes of what the movie should have been. And 45 minutes of we have to make this an actual movie, which is where the problem comes in. Yeah, there, there was uh, an excessive amount of padding. They had so many scenes of just officer down driving and then to, to put it in your mind that he's not completely normal, they just have him twitch. I'm like, that, that's cool every once in a while, but I'm like, after a while, I'm like, he's still driving and he's still twitching. I, I get it. I get it. He's a twitchy, undead police officer. So if I was remaking the movie, you can start with our good friend Corey Taylor. No problem with that scene. Shows Officer Down getting blown up. Shows them bringing him back. Great way to advance the plot. Go ahead and kill off Officer Gable. He doesn't add anything. I don't need him. Officer Down clearly doesn't need him. No problem. We can keep the convent, keep Mother Supreme. You know, nuns always work. And there's two or three really good kills in that whole scene while he's going through the convent and kind of unloading. And it's the first time you really see him and his gun in action. And that's probably my second favorite scene of the whole thing. 
it was a good scene. I found the reverb on her voice, Mother Supreme, just a little too much. Every single time she talked, there was that excessive reverb, and it, it didn't work for me. You know that whole scene was just so Glenn Howerton of Always Sunny could get some screen time, just enough so that they could put him in the trailer, and Always Sunny fans are going to flock to see this. And I'm pretty sure it was about 80 Always Sunny fans that got it its $800 uh, weekend. <laughs> There's... Two really good kills in that scene while he's going through the convent, going to work. There's one where he goes through a door, shuts the door, and unloads through the door and gets two headshots with one shot. And I go, that was pretty cool. And then he turns and starts getting shot. And apparently he can take bullets and it doesn't really affect him. Because he takes two or three bullets and then goes into this full John Woo slide where he just slides on the ground for a good 45 feet and keeps picking up speed for some reason. And as he slides under the legs, he shoots up through the body and blows the head at the top. And it looked really, really good. Oh, yeah, th those were good kills. I would have liked a little bit more physical contact in, in the choreography. Like, even John Woo, when you go into hard-boiled or killer, it's gun-fu, but there's still, like, people getting hit because you need a little bit more body language into this to really sell me on an action scene i love people getting shot up i love i think you can do some cool stuff with that but i just need a little bit more human on human contact he, he did rip off zen master flash's face but uh it wasn't enough for me yeah and those are really like the only time you see him actually doing anything hand to hand you see him obviously rip off the face of our guy zen master mother supreme gets her leg ripped off and then gets kicked into another dimension apparently and he starts beating people with a leg at one point in the film. And I was like, okay, now, now I'm with you. But other than that, there's really not too much within arm's reach. The other dimension kick was a little weird. I did not expect that. It seemed like they didn't have any the budget to do the kind of violence that they wanted to do. So they were just like, let's throw in some weird shit. Because Mother Supreme got kicked into the other dimension. Her lead nun henchwoman uh, got uh, shot up into what looked like a, a dimensional portal that nobody ever talks about. So it's not a part of the plot. It's just something that's there. And uh, it's just like them trying to get by without much of the budget. And they don't explain why there's a portal. It just shows up randomly. You just see a couple of shots and the character getting lifted in the air as they're getting shot. And the next thing you know, they're in a completely different dimension. And you're like, what the hell? Where'd that come from? It's perfectly fine. They're trying to be random and they're getting in. Like, none of those scenes bothered me at all. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, what the fuck is this moment? Honestly, it was 100% Gable. I could not stand any single scene with him. And it's called Officer Down. And Officer Down, every single scene with him, he's doing something interesting. With the, with the exception of those introspective moments when he's talking to the telekinetics that uh, bring him back to life. Other than that, every single scene with him is interesting. But Gable, I don't think he has a single moment where I had any interest invested in his character I, I wrote down uh when he was first introduced that first 20 seconds are is more character development than he had in the entire comic book but i liked him with no character development he was basically there so that uh the chief could unload exposition on him because they didn't hide the telekinetics in the comic like they did in the movie they didn't hide what was bringing him back to life it's pretty immediate. They're like, yeah, uh, there's telekinetics. They got Lou Gehrig's disease and they bring him back to life. They didn't need him to give a, a big inspiring speech at the end like they did in the movie because the officer down was just drawing on their power. They didn't ever have this limitation where they couldn't work with him when he wasn't within range on the chair. They just had him drawn from the power. So you didn't need this weak ass character to make the movie work or to make the story work. 
you could have taken out some of the scenes where it's him and him trying to go through his journey. If they would have taken those out and given me another 10 minutes of trying to explain how we actually bring Officer Down back to life, I would have greatly appreciated it. Because they kind of rush it through and they say, hey, you know, these people have telekinetic powers, they're sick, but from that, we bring them back to life. They don't go through any science of how it works. They don't give me even some fake explanation that allows me to believe, oh, okay, cool, I'm, I'm cool with that. They just kind of say, yeah, these people bring him back to life. I don't think you need an explanation for this. I, I need a little explanation. I need at least a reason why or how. They're telekinetic. That's all that you need. Like, you don't ask why Professor X can read minds. It's, it's in his genes. It's in crippled genes. I think that was them trying to be offensive as, like, crippled disease people can do it or whatever. And that's that's good enough for me. Instead of having films where they slow things down to explain, they should have just gone over the top violence. I understand they probably couldn't afford to, like, have the best effects. But trauma manages to get some gore in. You can go for the cheap stuff. And some of this was, was CGI violence. Like, this isn't a big budget movie. This isn't something that's getting overseen by a big studio. Go crafty with your violence and make it work because the comic is a hundred percent more violent than this thing was the film itself looks really good like a lot of the scenes look good the gore looks good some of the violence looks good which makes me only wish that they would have done more of that exactly i don't know where they wasted the budget there's parts of this that are really good like if you take just the three major action scenes put them together with a brief explanation of who officer down is that's a great 45 minute film exactly like if you give me the opening scene, you give me the convent, and then you give me the hospital, and then end it with the final jail scene. That fills up a perfect film as far as what you're going to get from something like this. Make it more violent, give me less talking, and we're all going to be happy. Because when they try to act and explain and develop plot points that aren't there is when you get lost. Exactly. And they, they needed one last scene with the Fortune 500 to establish that they're still coming for Officer Down. Their last scene was them kind of cowering to Zen Master Flash after they fire him, and then that's it. You have some thugs that are acting like they were taken down, but they weren't in the comic and they weren't in this source material, so I'm not sure quite where they got at that idea. Give them a little bit of that, get 50 minutes of entertainment there, and then you use that as like, it seems like it should have been something that was shown to investors to get the budget for the movie that this should have been. Because if you got like crank money, you could do something that was 100% better than this. Does it ever explain in the comic... Are they actual just animal people? Or are they just people that have embraced animal tendencies? They never really go into it, so you're meant to assume that they have animal heads. I think this is something for the, the furry community to latch on to. No judgment. Do you. Be a furry if you want. But uh, I did enjoy the scene. I don't think this was in the comics, unless I'm forgetting it, where all three of them, even though one of them's a, a tiger lady, they get like these Asian hookers that go to blow the Fortune 500. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Weird animal people getting blown by hookers. I mean, that's cool. That's the, that's when it was still trashy and keeping it good before Officer Gable brought the movie down. Yeah, that was my third WTF moment that I had written down. I just have it as sauna fellatio. Because when it happened, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't think that was in the comics. Films like this should be over the top. Like, exactly. if you're going to make a movie like this that's clearly not going to be a big budget, you're not going to make a ton of money for it, what you have is you have a chance to be, you know, one of those cult classics or even kind of hit a niche kind of like Troma does. But you have to do it well. And you have to be over the top. 
you have to be violent and you have to know when to just cut corners and realize that the people that are going to be watching this are not people that are going to want to see your plot development. Exactly. If they're going to make a movie like this, there was no satirical bent on it. I kind of went in, I saw the trailer before I, I, I read the comic, I kind of went in hoping for like a Robocop satirical edge to this. It's not there. So if they don't have anything that they're saying with this movie, although it kind of seems like a, a pro-cop Love America thing, not my bag on the message, but uh, if they're going to go that route, they need to make it so fucking violent that you don't care that there's nothing really to this movie. And occasionally they flirted with uh, character development that was counterproductive uh, to that. And I don't know if it's in the writing or in the directing, but it's an oversight that should have been seen. Like, they should have known, this is the film that we have, this is the source material that we're working on, why do people like the comic? Oh, it's the violence and kind of the shock factor. And they should have ran with that. I've read the reviews for comics, and nobody's talking about how well-written this, this is. All the positives about this are about the art, and the art is gory and violent and over the top, and that's what this should have been. So my favorite scene in the whole film is the actual hospital kind of massacre that we run into. That's the one where all the drunk cops are running off to to be doing their civic duty. And it shows Officer Down fighting Zen Master Flex army. They don't really go into detail of what army they are, but apparently they're all really good at uh, ninjutsu, and they all have swords. So anytime you throw swords in an action film, I'm in. So the movie starts off, he has one of those door-breaking devices. I'm sure there's a technical name for it. Battering ram? That's what it is. Yeah, like a battering ram. And he's just swinging it around and he's smacking people with it. He starts getting chopped with swords a couple different times. People are getting hit all over the place. His gun gets sliced in half. And my favorite kill in the whole movie happens right here. After his gun gets sliced in half, he actually gets stabbed like through the heart. And rather than fighting the guy off, he pulls the sword into him like all good movies make you do. And then he turns, pulls the sword out of him and decapitates the guy. It's a true decapitation because it's an actual head that's coming off and not just a hand. And... It's absolutely like one fluid take, and it looks amazing. I, I like that kind of stuff. I, I wish they had had the budget to go more in the comics where like they find his, his body has died at one point, and there's just like a decapitated head that's just like stuck onto his onto his wrist. Like his fist has gone completely through it, and it's just stuck on there. And like for me, if we're going to favorite kills, I think we're coming to the end of as much talk as this movie facilitates. My favorite kill we've talked about was uh, Zen Master Flash when they, he rips off his face and... and uh, his eyeballs are just dangling about. Like, there's a reason why we come back to this a couple times is because that's the, that's the scene that stands out. Well, and then you get the big word art comic feel too after he gets ninja kicked out of the side of the window, which is a great kind of finishing touch on a pretty good kill. For sure, for sure. All right, so I think we've uh, exhausted everything that can be said about this movie. Would you say that this is a bloody good film? I really want to. Because there are parts of this film that I like, but I'm going to have to say no. If this was 45 minutes and kind of fell into that Kong Fury type of thing, then yes, this would have been a bloody good film. But there's too much going on to make it enjoyable to want to watch for an hour and a half. This is a scrolling on your phone, have it in the background type of film, where if you leave it on and you can do different things while they're trying to advance the plot, and then just kind of dial in once you see all the action starting to happen, then you'll enjoy it. You know, if you see it on TV, if you're bored, throw it on in the background while you're doing something else and you'll enjoy it. But if you're trying to sit through it and watch it from a truly, 
you know, enjoyable film standpoint, it's not a bloody good film. Yeah, I'm kind of going to agree with you. I'm going to say kind of similar to uh, our previous Sleepaway Camp films. This is a bloody okay film. Like, I could see myself buying this if it was in the $5 bin at Walmart or something like that. But I don't see myself coming back to this all that often. There are definitely some great scenes. The opening of this movie, like, this is exactly what I wanted to see. This is violent, over-the-top fun. But there's a big slog in the middle of the movie that kind of takes me out of it. And if you want a film like this, like, if you want something over-the-top and crazy and violent and just with ton of WTF moments, you know, watch Kung Fury. Because Kung Fury is everything that this movie should have been. It's to the point. It's over-the-top. It's action-filled. It's violent. It's amazing. It's what this film could have been if they would have taken all the nonsense out of it. It's funny. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but Kung Fury kept popping into my head for this movie as well as something that similar-ish concepts, similar-ish ideas, but done on a shorter scale. Although I've heard that they are making a full-length Kung Fury movie, and I'm sure I'll be disappointed in that as well. But within the 30 minutes that Kung Fury was, it did a hell of a lot more than the hour and a half that this movie did. Watch the head instead. And I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose some metal credit, but the David Hasselhoff song for that is surprisingly awesome. The Hoff song is great. It's one of the best things about that. You know, giving credit where credit is due, though, I actually like the Officer Down theme song that they play kind of at the start at the end. It's really just kind of campy. Officer Down! And I love it, dude. Well, that's, that's something I miss in movies. Like, you had Ghostbusters, they had their theme that was telling the entire movie. You get Turtle Power for the Ninja Turtles movie. Like, I miss movies where they reiterate the plot of what you just watched, and you're going in their credits with that. I think we need more of that kind of thing. I enjoy the hell out of it. So moral of the story of this one, fun scenes, definitely weird, definitely kind of out there and over the top, definitely should have been half an hour. Not an hour and a half. Watch it if you see it. I don't think this movie is ever going to be on TV. I can't imagine a reason why a company would want to pay to have this on there. But it is free on Tubi. So you guys should definitely check it out. Just so you can talk to us about it. Let us know what you think. If Officer Gable is as useless to you as he was to us. Let us know how you guys feel about it. Let us know if you think it's a bloody good film. All right, Josh. That's it for us. Tune in next week as we finish up our double feature, Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. Now, there is a Sleepaway Camp 4. We are doing our best to get our hands on it, but it is not something that's easily attainable. So what we're going to do in the meantime to make sure we finish out this with a double feature, we are going to cover Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. And what we're going to do is we're going to stay at camp and we're going to pair it with The Burning. Time to roll the credits. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Bloody Good Film Podcast to stay up to date with everything podcast related and to let us know what you think about some of these films that we watch each and every week. As always, big thank you to Soul Grinder for our intro and outro. If you haven't yet, make sure you guys go give their pages a follow at Soul Grinder Official and at Merrillgate. For myself and Josh, this has been the Bloody Good Film Podcast. And remember, be bloody buddies. I love you.